Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sign Off Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shivanoff. He's the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. As always, we got some UFC talk. We got a little bit of boxing talk as well. Before we get into all of that, I'll tell you guys, just as always, if you win 10% off some amazing energy drinks, whether that be, you know, get fuck canned energy drinks, fuck coffee, all right? If you want something that's loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, nootropics, it's sugar-free, hit up RogueEnergy.com. Use code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of your order. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all of your energy needs. Tremendous product, as always. Been sponsored to the show for, honestly, seemingly forever to this point. They'd be killing it. We'd be killing it as well. Let's get straight into the show. Angel, my guy, last Saturday night from UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Max Blessed Holloway. The best is blessed, my man. Uh, defeating Yair Rodriguez. It was a lot different of a fight than what people anticipated. Obviously, yeah, you're going in with something like a seven to one dog, uh, and he brought the dog out in him. Uh, he ended up giving Max hell for this fight. Honestly, a lot of saw a lot of people putting it in the fight of the year conversation. Uh, one fight of the night in the card as well. In the end, though, Max defeating Yair, the unanimous decision. Scorecard being 49-46, 48-47, and 48 uh, A lot of to talk about coming out of this one. Firstly, what are your thoughts on Max's performance? And also, how did you score the fight? I mean, fucking banger. I mean, let's just put it out there, Josh. It was fucking good. It was a great fight. Um, you know, and like you said, it went a little different. I really thought, and you know, I got to get my, I, you know, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to say it. Yeah, you did a fucking good job, dude. Like, I know you ended up losing the fight, but you did a lot better of a job than what I thought. I thought he's gonna go out there, and honestly, I thought he was gonna get smashed. I'm gonna be 100. percent And I mean, he did end up losing, right? That it, that wasn't incorrect. That prediction was right. But I was so sure about the idea of him not uh just gonna just just for some reason I thought he was gonna get demolished. Like it was just set on my mind that he's gonna come out here and get demolished. Early round comes out, ends up looking fucking solid, giving Max some issue with those kicks early on. Looked pretty good. Obviously Max came on, was able to rally back, get stuff together, get through the pain of the, of the leg kicks and um uh, end up, you know, finishing the fight out and you know, as for my score, man, I mean you know, we talked about it a little. Uh, we talked about it before we started. Uh, you know, that first round was close. I personally gave it to Yair. I thought the following rounds went to Max, and then the fifth round was uh, Yair's again because you know he threw caution to win, went a little hard there, threw some stuff that he needed to do to try to finish the fight, and ultimately it's what led him to uh, to win that match, or to let. Uh, and ultimately that that's how it ended up playing out, and Max won the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, dude, I was, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about this in, in regards to this fight, but sometimes you have, like, a fight where, um, just one example off the top of my head, you know, a John Jones versus Ovin St. Pru fight from a couple of years back. Um, whenever John, you know, he won, but it was kind of more of the case where it wasn't a, as Donovan dominated the victory, and no disrespect to Ovin St. Pru, it wasn't really anything he did. John just kind of had, like, an off night, you know what I mean? Um, where he was not that dominant, and the fight was closer than what it probably had had to be due to lack of output outside of the stuff gauge, you know, stuff like that. That Fights like that happen a lot, where one guy just comes in, and they're not who they normally are. And on in most cases, it's on that one guy's side. Dude, Max Hall did not look like how he did, because Yair Rodriguez came to bang. Like, this is not a case where Max just had a letdown performance. Yair had the performance of his life. And we knew Yair Rodriguez was good going in. We knew he had good kicks, um, good at measuring the distance, good at always bringing aggressive stuff to the cage, finding a way to get the knockout with one second left against the Korean zombie, stuff like that. He's always a very dynamic guy. But, dude, I mean, I had a, I had an odd feeling going into this one. I had that feeling that Mac took that clip just because, like, at a certain point, your chin's going to go. It did not go, go on this night. But, damn, dude, Max Holloway had – he dealt with everything coming forward at him and – I, full credit to him. I saw a lot of people were talking about how good Yair was. You know, he made Max turn into a wrestler. I actually took a little bit of a different piece away from that, personally. Um, I listened to the DC and RC podcast, and uh, they talked, Dan Cormier was talking about how he talks to Max Holloway on fight weeks, talking about the leg kicks, about how good Yair is a striker. And then uh, Max kind of teased to him that he was probably going to go for a couple of takedowns in that one. And uh, he got him, dude. 
Uh, Yair has a very active guard. Max looked very good on top. He showed good jiu-jitsu. And honestly, just a great game plan by him. He was getting pieced up in the legs. He goes to the wrestling. That opened up more, a lot more in the striking. And overall, dude, like, Max lost two to ra- two rounds in this one, one to two rounds. I think you can also make a decent case for, like, a backdoor draw, you know, just by virtue of how potentially you may have scored certain rounds and so on and so forth. But, yeah, I still feel like this is honestly one of the greatest Max Holly performances of his career just by virtue of what he had to face coming back at him. Am I, am I crazy to think that? No, no, I don't disagree. Like I said, he, I mean, it was just face it, Josh. I mean, I, and I, don't, I don't know if you, and I admitted it earlier. Yeah, you impressed me. I'm going to keep saying it. He fucking impressed, he legitimately surprised me. But the record shows it, right? You know, if you look at, at his resume, it shows it and the people he's lost to and, and the way he's lost and at the times he had lost. I mean, it's sad, man, because of, you know, obviously out of, out of stuff, out of stuff that he dealt with uh, outside of the cage and, you know, obviously having the, the layoff of, I'm sure he played a big part in that, obviously. It's not even, I mean, I shouldn't even say, sure, we know he is a difficult person to deal with, but as far as him in the cage and him fighting, man, I mean, he's a, he's a fucking beast, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, look, as good as, as great as performance it was by year, in the end, it ended up being just a, another night at the office for Max. He ended up, I believe, he now is the first ever UC fighter to have, like, 5,000 significant strikes. Don't quote me on that. It could be 3,000. I'm not entirely sure of the number, but it was some, since, uh, some instance that. Um, in the end, though, Max comes away with the victory. And in the post-fight interview, we did not get a call out of Alexander Volkanovsky, which is what everybody honestly expected. It's, it kind of was the layup. Um, I feel like most people kind of expected that given the fact those two have history and so on and so forth. So in the end, though, ended up being Max kind of taking um, a different approach. In the end, he actually kind of more gave way to fighting. Well, I mean, first of all, he said that they can come after him. The best is blessed at the end of the day. However, he did mention one name, the notorious Conor McGregor, obviously currently out with an injury, but he's just got back to training. He said he's targeting a return early 2022. Wow. And uh, Connor even posted something where he was virtually staring. It, it turned into a meme, but it was him staring <laughs> all the way down through the TV. And I said on Twitter at the time, book it, book it now. Angel, does that intrigue you, a potential rematch between those two? Obviously, they fought back in 2013. Holloway got dominated. Both guys very young. Now they're both in their primes. Would you prefer to see a Conor Rager, uh second fight, a rematch, over the trilogy fight with Alexander Volkanovsky? I mean, I'm down for the trilogy, man, but I mean, be honest with you, Josh. I mean, if the trilogy just happened, does, wouldn't Volk just get an instant rematch? Mm. I mean, would that be, wouldn't that just be the case? I mean, we'd, we'd have Max and Volk again, a fourth time. Yeah, that's true. And depending how the fights go, we could even have Max and Volk a fifth time. <laughs> Isn't that, I don't know how you feel about that idea. I mean, does that intrigue you at all? Or would you just rather see the, I know you asked me the question, but I just I want to put that out there too, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about that thought? Here's yeah, that's the complication because as much as what people kind of said, like oh, you know, Volk and Max are so levels above the division, I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. No, there's um, no. I really don't think that's true. I think we saw this weekend that that's not entirely true. I think Yair would. I think well, let me say this. I think Volk might be levels above the rest of the division, just by virtue of the fact that he can take the fight to the ground or be taken on the feet. If Max beats Volk, we may be staring down the barrel of a fourth fight. And then if Volk wins that one, then we have to... Does that mean we do a fifth one? Like, it it, it gets to such a bigger issue, which is why I said you should do that Conrader fight. Honestly, just for the fact that it seems like Max has won the trilogy fight, so why would you do it? If Max does not want to do the trilogy fight, and I get it, because, I mean, look, as much as what fans, like, as much as what the judges said, I think the vast majority of fans think they're tied at 1-1. And oh, yeah. if Max views that fight where, like, first of all, he doesn't even think he lost the first one, um, which I disagree with, but it was close enough fight, I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Second one, I thought he clearly won. And if you're just like, you know what, I don't think I really have to fight him a third time, I don't think I need it for my legacy, I'm going to move up to lightweight. Then, and it kind of, the problem solves itself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the only person that seems like they're really dying to see that trilogy, obviously there are certain fans that want to see it, but if you have the option of, if you, if you created a poll right now for the majority of USC fans and it's 
Would you rather watch Max Holloway fight Conor McGregor in a rematch, or would you rather f- watch the Volkanovski trilogy? Fuck, I'll ask you, both. who do you think they're going to pick? I fucking love both, though, dude. This is just a, 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 that just goes to show how much I enjoy watching him fight, dude. I don't care who he fights. I'll watch him fight anybody. I'll watch him fight you, Josh. <laughs> watch him fight you in my backyard. I I would not. I would not like to fight Max Holloway in your backyard, but yeah, I see your point. I mean, I'm, I'll watch Max fight anybody, but of the options given, it seems like it's come down to those two. It's either going to be him fighting Connor next, or it's going to be him fighting Volk next. And I've always, I've what's always the most said, realistic, let's be real. What's the more, what, what do you think is the more realistic option though? Realistic? It all comes down to what the UC wants to do and what Dana wants to do, and he completely shot down Max fighting Connor. Okay. Just, now, just wanted to put that out there. I mean, now, this is, now, this is that also comes that comes with a caveat though, because in normal circumstances, whenever whatever Dana wants, Dana gets. You know, he's worth a gazillion dollars. He does not give a shit what these poor little peasants think. Peasants being the fighters. Um, oh, dad. Um, but dude, the only person who could you know force his hand is Conor Rear. Conor Rear fights who Conor Rear wants to fight. There's a reason why we had the trilogy with Dustin. You know what I mean? Like that. It, think about that back in hindsight. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Dustin should have gotten the title shot. Obviously, he won, he got the Trojan fight because he wanted the, the money fight. Hey, but, but he did get the title shot. At the end from of the a league. competitive from a competitive nature, it does not make a whole lot of sense. From a competitive nature, having Connor fight Diaz a second time immediately after does not make a whole lot of sense either. But Connor gets what Connor wants. If Connor wants to fight Max Holloway next, we're going to see if Connor fight Max Holloway next. But then again, Connor also calls out fucking. Ed- Tons of people, but he's who, been... Dude, who all has he called out in recent time? He called out Kamaru, he called out Jorge... Not really called out, but he's Kamaru, put the names in. Jorge, Nate, Nick... There's um, more. Dude, he called out fucking Paul Felder. <laughs> he did call out Paul Felder. He did do that. DC. <laughs> DC. The daddest man on the planet. Well, else? We know there's more. I don't I know. I mean, Max, obviously. Uh, didn't he also mention Volkanovski one, at one point? I don't even know. I think he did, and I think he deleted it. Connor is a big fan of the tweet and delete. Don't blame it's, him. It's still, though, it's it's in the bag. But you know something, Josh? I don't want to take us off like track here. I think we dove into this one pretty deep. I'm going to go to the rabbit hole. But I'm going to put this out there because it's been everywhere on Twitter, Josh. Brian Ortega versus Jair Rodriguez is the match to make, right? Oh, yeah. Give me that Mexican on Mexican violence, my man. Give me oh, that dude, 110%. Dude, uh, what a fucking – dude, one, they both come out. They both put it all out there, man. You know, I mean, that has to be a fight where someone gets finished, right? Oh, yeah. Give me five rounds of that. Now, I think that's a fight that Brian Ortega is going to win handily. Let me say that much. Really? You think he'll catch that? I do. I think that is. I mean, if you saw how Max is taking him down, and Max is not a takedown guy. And you, oh, no, I you're not wrong. You say Brian's not either, but, like. True as well. They're but very has, comparable. But at least, but I, the one difference is Brian will, I'm not saying one difference, but Brian will jump on submissions, you know? He will. And. I'm not really sure how good Yeah, he's never lost via submission, has he? I think he's only lost via TKO and decision. Uh I'm uh, I'm on it, I'm on it. I literally got it up right now. I'm scrolling. I know he got through. finished by Frankie and I know we got uh decision by Max, but I think he has one more loss. No, it just says straight up loss. It was in the regional scene, so but it just okay, says so, loss. Yeah, it doesn't tell us anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I think I think Brian just Brian's so good, dude. I mean he probably if he, he was fighting better. anybody outside of Alexander Volkanovsky, he finishes that fight. You know what I mean? Fuck you, think? <laughs> we, I, I mean, seriously, can you think of another guy who gets out of that submission? I don't know. I mean, even then, like I, dude, Bogdanovsky. Who gets out of that submission? Had a, huh? Who gets out of that specific submission? Yes. I mean, I don't know if they get out of it. Full but mount, know. arm like completely in it, has the legs trapped. I don't know another person. Fuck man, I don't know. I'll, honestly, even the best guy, I don't even know if the best guy players in this division could have done it. I'm talking about, like, guys like Bryce Mitchell, fucking Chang Sung, obviously the Korean zombie, I'm not even going to go into I'm not going to say his whole name. Like, guys like that who, like, have shit on the ground, you know, like, have tools on the ground. For sure. They would have been caught. I, don't, I actually don't even know if they would have done that. For sure, for sure. But fair enough. But, yeah, dude, I think that's the fight next. I mean, we talked about what's going to happen next with Max, but as far as Yair goes, give me that Brian Ortega fight, dude. Give me that 110%. And think about Yair losing this, dude. He lost it, but it's he's not falling back much. I mean, if oh, yeah. you, if you give a fight, if you give a fight like that to Max, dude, his stock is good. His stock went up, if anything, you know. 
So what's the, what's the state of the featherweight division at this point, though, in your opinion? Just looking at it now, we got Max at one, Brian at two, Yair at three, Korean Zombie at four, Calvin Cater at five, which obviously he's going to fight Giga next. Like, what's your mm-hmm. whole opinion on the state of the featherweight division as it stands right now? So here's here's how here's the big thing, right? So if it comes down to what Max wants to do, if Max wants to, and it comes back to our previous conversation, but if it comes down to what Max wants to do, if Max is to move up the lightweight, which it seems like that's what he wants to do, then, I mean, it's weird, right? Because at that point, there's no clear contender. Will we see Volkanovski? I mean, is Chan Sung Jung, does the Korean Zombie have a fight right now? I don't think he does, right? Nope, doesn't have anybody lined up coming off a loss. Though. Okay, so it's, no, he's coming off a win. He beat Danny Gay, but. Oh, yeah, he did beat Danny. No, he lost that fight. No, he he, he beat he ban- he beat Danny Gay. Prior to that, he lost to Ortega. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so here's the weird thing, right? Everything gets fucked up if Max, for lack of a better term, everything gets fucked up if Max decides he wants to move up, right? If Max decides he wants to move up and fight Connor, get that money fight, which seems that that's what he wants to do, I think that's, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I think that's the most likely conclusion. So at that point, if Volkanovski wants to stay active, he'll probably fight Korean Zombie. Biggest name and doesn't have a fight booked. Actually, I'll scratch that. that. I feel like if Max doesn't, if Max goes up to 155, I think if Giga wins, they give the title shot to Giga. But also, no, no, I agree with that. But also at that point, Giga, they're not fighting until mid-January. Volk said he's ready to go now. Like, that's what he didn't even want to wait for Max. So at that point, it's kind of the only lot of conclusion. But at that point, if, if Volk wants to wait, then sure. I mean, do you think they'll be like, do you think they could throw like a, do you think they would ever throw like an Arnold Allen? At him, like oh uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think Arnold Lounge is a big enough name. I think just by virtue of the size of his name and also the fact that he's coming off a win, he's ranked at the top five. I think I can see Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie next, and Max decided he wants to move up. That's so weird. I'd hate to see that fight. Just because it doesn't make sense. I don't think I, I think we've seen worse things. You're not wrong, but still, I'm not a fan of that. If they went that direction. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I think that's. A, That'd be a really tough fight. I don't know. I feel like they'll figure it out, and if anything, they'll be like, well, just wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, You fight when we tell you to fight, bitch. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, dude. I think the featherweight division, it all comes down to what Max Holly wants to do. And, you know, for as much as Volkanovski's a champ, I mean, look, he uh, he's not the guy calling the shot right now. It's it's the balls in Max Holloway's court, for lack of a better term. The best is blessed, bro. He said it himself that night. Yeah, so I think... It all comes down to what he wants to do. So, you know. So, is, uh, I mean, just we spent 15 minutes on this one. So, just going ahead and moving on from this fight. Moving down to the co-main event. Uh, I don't think the, you know, the, we talked about it. It's a weird fight out of the co-main event. I thought Ben Rock was going to win this. I'm actually kind of surprised. Yeah, I mean, Marcos Fajerio de Lima, fun guy, but never really shown that he can be of that caliber. And his record's 1971. He got, I mean, he beat Maurice Green, but he got dominated by Romanov, got dominated by Struve, you know what I mean? So, he has a level. He's a level. Just say, he has a level. He has a level. But regardless, I think less of the conversation is going to be about him winning this fight, but more about the stoppage. Uh, but first to go ahead and, I mean, the actual result knocks him out in 32 seconds, TKO finish, upsets Ben Rothwell, who I believe is one of the bigger favorites on the card. Regardless of that, though, this, what are your thoughts about the stoppage? Because I mean, the, the big, it, biggest, I think it was good. I'll, I'll be straight up. I think it, he was. The idea was good. The actions were not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you know something, I fucking hate to agree with this guy, but like Dana said, Herb, don't put your fucking hands on them. <laughs> you know, if you're not ready or whatever he said, he needs to stop touching fighters unless he's going to do something, which is true. He's done this now a few times now, and it's weird because I think he's his own. It's going to sound weird, but I think Herb's in his own head, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's such a weird thing to say, but I think it has to be, you know, for him to be making those kind of mistakes, he has to be, uh, he's questioning himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He can fix it. You know, he just needs to be confident in, in his decisions, which is a very important thing for a ref to do. And look, he was doing the right thing. It just wasn't executed very well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the stoppage itself was fine. The stoppage itself was fine. Um, he thought it was really, really good. If he would have stepped in whenever he did, like whenever he first put the hands on him, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a good stoppage by Herb Dean. You know what I mean? Save that, but, man. 
Bro, stop touching people unless you're gonna like, unless you're gonna stop the freaking fight, dude. Herb has been. We talked about it a little bit before. I firmly believe Herb's one of the worst in the game right now. And that's not to say he's he's always been bad. I mean, the best guy right now is probably Jason Herzog, right? Let's just dude, I love me some Jason Herzog. I fucking love me some Jason. Yeah. I mean, as far I mean. He's really here's the thing. All referees are gonna make mistakes, and that's why I dislike going after. Yeah, Jason Herzog's made some mistakes too. <laughs> exactly, and that's why I dislike going after referees for one thing. You know, like I saw, you know, who was it? Um, it was our boy actually, Justin Gaethje, was still going off of Mike Beltran for him fucking up during their fight. I mean, that and was even, a weird situation because I don't even I don't even blame him because I don't if, blame him, but at the same time, you know, what did he tell you? Protect yourself at all times. Protect yourself at all times, but also the way that interaction went down, I don't even blame Mike Beltran. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, in the the fight with uh, – the, it was actually the ending to round two, I believe, uh, Gaethje and Chandler. Uh, Chandler accidentally poked him. It was like a really – it was like an accidental thing. Like I think he was going for like a punch and like the, the thumb got in, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a clear eye poke. Mike Beltran misses it at first. Chandler punches him, right? And then he's like, okay, I realize I fucked up. Are you are you okay? Like, well, wasn't there even like an awkward pause though? Because even Chandler kind of like didn't want to yeah. punch him again, and then yeah. he started punching because he's like, oh, he's not gonna stop it, you know? Yeah, he and was... then he's and then he does stop it, and then that wasn't even Chandler's. That was not me. That wasn't even Gage's complaint. Gage's complaint was like he he went to ask him like, are you are you okay? And he was like, he's, he's like, he said you. <laughs> he said fuck you, and he's like okay, and he's like I'm. He's like, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, okay. And then he starts his fight. He's like, why the fuck did you start the fight? He's like, you said you were good. <laughs> it seems like it was like a weird miscommunication. But, yeah, he's still going off about that. People will always go off on referees for one thing. Oh, yeah. I hate I mean, that. I hate we'll, that. We'll complain about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we always say how, we always, you know, the job is hard. We, I mean, it's not like, I like all the refs. You know, there's no yeah. ref I hate. I'll be honest with you. There's no ref I dislike. However, I like, it's a big however, mean, my guy. No, you're not wrong. However, Herb they made mistakes. has been bad for a while. <laughs> but like, it wasn't always like this, though. No, no, no. That's bad. the problem. Is is he was at one point he was one of the best in the game. I never had him above Big John. It's probably him, Big John, and it was probably Big John and then him, right? Yo, yeah, I I had Big Big John's as far as I'm concerned, the go to referee. He's oh, always been the goal. What's the other one? Uh, Eve Levine. He was really good too. Eve Levine was good. I don't think I I think he rarely refs nowadays, but. Josh Rosenthal back in the day before we got caught selling weed was really, really good. Fuck, man. <laughs> he was you really good. Josh Rosenthal? I do remember the name. Oh, yeah, dude. He He's the dude who uh, ref the Lesnar-Carwin fight whenever Lesnar was getting his ass kicked and then he came back. He let that fight go on. One of the best in the business. And then he got caught with like 16 pounds of weed. That's it? And then <laughs> <laughs> he went to jail. He got out, but he just has not been able to find work, because believe it or not. A lot of re- a lot of shows don't want a, a literal felon on, <laughs> even if it is for weed. But makes sense. But yeah, but pretty fucking dumb. Herb is Herb has been bad for like a while now. Like I can do like off the top of my head, I can three or four like just straight off the top of my head in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, dude, it's just a shame because at one point he was one of the best. I mean, like the 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 Frank Mir stoppage against Tim Sylvia for my money is probably the greatest stoppage of all time. I'm not sure if you ever saw that one, Frank. It was like UFC, like 30-something. I don't know. More like 60. But regardless, gets Tim Sylvia in like an arm bar for the, for the heavyweight. I know it. Fight. I know oh, it. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's a legendary one. Yeah, it's a legendary Tremendous. one. Like I said, probably the greatest option of all time. Just to see that small detail of just like his arm, like bending in like that certain place. It wasn't, you, you couldn't even tell. His arm was not super fucked up. Like it wasn't like a, a super sunken arm bar, but just like his arm popping out in that one direction. But yeah, he's been bad for a while now. Um, I think we spent a little bit, you know, a little bit long on just that particular topic. This fight had no real implications. Neither guy was ranked. Neither guy oh, is ranked oh. now. You know what I saw? There's a <laughs> new. I saw it on Twitter after he won. It was like there's a new contender in the heavyweight division. Oh my god, I did see that. How do you feel about? I did not like. It was that the UFC. At all. UFC was the one who put it up themselves. I was like, dude, what the fuck are they doing? It was yeah. It was rough. <laughs> By the way, Eve Levine is 68, so it makes sense why he's not refing. Yeah, but still, he was one of the best in the business forever, however long he was around. Oh, he did a show not too long ago, though. Yeah, but, like, I mean, he's... He did one earlier this year. You ever see Fight Night? Uh, He did Ronnie Lawrence versus Vince Concero. Ah, fair enough. 
That's the last yeah, I'm glad one. he's still around in some capacity, just rarely nowadays. But yeah, there's only still, a few fights. Still one of the best. I'm a big fan of Dan, Dan Murgliata too. He's fucking um, great too. Tan, big Tan Dan, very very good. Um, yeah, dude, there's been a lot of there's a lot of good referees. I think Jason Herzog is the best right now, just because like he's the only dude I actually see enforce the rules. He's yeah. the only guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, he's made his own mistakes and some questionable stoppage, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard job. Like it, it'd be impossible for him to be perfect, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. But moving on down the card, man, what are some of the other undercard fights from UC Vegas forty two that you had your eye on? You had your eye on. You want to talk about? I mean, the fight I thought was going to be fight of the night, which I mean, it still ended up being a great fight. Uh, Chaos Williams versus Miguel Baez it did not go the way I thought. I thought Miguel Baez was going to come out with a pretty pretty convincing, I thought in my head, decision win. But he got caught. If there was a way it was going to happen, it was going to be like the way it did happen. And on a counter by Chaos Williams. And uh, shit, man, I got to give credit to Chaos. You know, I, you forget this guy's 13-2 and two in the UFC. Like 13-2, and two, not 13-2 in the UFC. But 13-2, and two, only one loss. And it was against uh, Pejea, our, our homie, you know. Uh, the human blade blade. And it was a decision. It was a, even, I think at the time, he had told me it was a, it was a questionable – it wasn't a questionable decision, but there were some thoughts about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and uh, now after getting this win, I mean, he's kind of some – he's 27. He's putting his name out there. I mean, he's in a good position, Josh, to uh, get in the mix. I mean, kind of where Miguel Baeza was at after that uh, – once he got that shot of Satango Ponzinibbio. For sure. And look, that was actually uh... – that shows how much power he has, dude. I mean, in round one, Miguel Baeza fucked up his leg bad uh, with that, what was it? It was like a, um, a knee bar, I want to say. A knee bar attempt. He, he kind of, you could tell, like, his leg was messed up. And I had him winning that fight, um, Baeza, going into the third. Or at the very least, it was close. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that he was able to generate that power off of one leg, that dude's going to be a problem, dude. He's going to, it's obviously not fight of the night like how we expected, but he's going to be a problem moving forward. But... Yeah, dude, overall, just a great win by him. Like you said, people tend to forget how good he is as far as the record goes. Um, just a couple of other quick fights to kind of go ahead and go over. Song Yudong, dude. I said it on a what fucking I, said it on, I said it on Twitter. This dude is, what, 23? Yeah. 20, 23 years old, and he's doing this. Like, he's only going to get better. Like, yeah, I understand. People may not like something. Like, he's had... I don't want to say favorable decisions, but, like, you know, he had a close fight with Vera that I thought he won, but some people disagreed, and he won that one. The Casey Kennedy fight was a split. You could argue he should have gone the other direction. I know a lot of people thought Cody Stamon won their fight, and that was a draw. But regardless, the fact that he's even in there with a lot of these top 15 guys and he's competing, and he's putting in work at such a young age. I mean, he's at a great camp, though. I mean, just dude, be a he He's your IFA retreatment protege. He's completely taking him under the wing. It's it's crazy, right? That he's is, only going to get better. And Julio Arce is a bad man. He's a bad man. I mean, he's not like... You're right. You're 100% right, dude. Yeah, this kid he, from China meeting this guy from, you know, the California kid. And it, it's it's fucking... It's, it's, it sounds like a fucking movie, doesn't it? It does. He's... I'm telling you, dude. He's going to be champ one day. I fully believe that. Um... He has the potential, right? You know, let's put it out there. Really young, there's a lot of time. I mean, they have. A, I mean, dude, when it comes to those small guys, I mean, Team Alpha Male has built out the fucking small guy, fucking, Camp. you know, yeah, dude, yeah, like name it, and they they got him. I mean, in the chance to come out of there, I mean, Faber, Dillashaw back in the day, Garbrandt. Now they got like kind of the next generation with Song oh, Young. Have, I mean, they have Julian Pavia there, dude, who's fighting Sean O'Malley. Oh yeah, I forgot he's out of that camp. That, which, by the way, I don't want to jinx anything. They got Josh Emmett has there. a really good chance of winning that fight. Yes, he does. But still, dude, it's just like those names. Like, what the fuck? For sure, for sure. But yeah, dude, that's just a phenomenal camp. Song Yudong, phenomenal win. TKO win. I don't remember. Is that the first time Julio Arce's gotten knocked out in the UFC? I believe so. In the UFC? Uh, it's for... First time he's gotten knocked out ever. I just checked his wiki. It's the first time he's ever gotten knocked out. So just a tremendous win by Song Yudong, dude. He's, get, he's putting everything together. He's finally doing it. Big dudes are putting everything together. Joel Alvarez, dude. Now, we kind of labeled this as, like, the undercard fight to watch. Holy shit. By the way, just so you know, if we had to pick for that fight, I was going to pick Joel Alvarez, even with the weight miss. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he just – 
he has more potential in the division. But Tiago Moises is a bad dude. Oh yeah, dude, he's on a four fight finishing streak, and he's he's barely looked challenged. Oh dude, he like, is fucking those guys up too. His only loss is to Demir Agamagulov, who I gotta go back and watch that fight. But dude, like he's a bad man too. So just overall, he's on a tremendous win streak. I know he broke into the rankings. You can argue maybe he shouldn't have just because of the weight miss. But if he, I saw he's working with the PI to get his weight in check. If he does that, that's a contender, dude. Straight up, that's a fucking contender. Also, like, I'm assuming on. he's you know flying out from Spain. Obviously, the flight doesn't help the weight cut. You know, if he lived in the states, it'd be maybe a little easier. And it's I'm sure like I don't know if that flight made was the end all be all for his weight cut, right? But it could have mm. played a factor. Hmm. For sure, and. Just a couple of other things. You called it. I believe you mentioned um, the loser of Liana Jajua versus Courtney Casey is going to get cut. I said probably not Jajua. She's very, very young. Um, she's like, I think she was one and one in the UFC. She got cut this past week for losing that fight. So, I mean, call uh, me Nostradamus, dude, Josh. I've been predicting shit all this year, dude. I've called matchmaking. I've called people getting fucking cut, dude. Like, I'm, I'm on the shits, dude. Yeah, dude. Straight up props to you for calling that one. Uh, she's now gone. Shame. I liked her a lot, but she, she'll be bad. She's very, very young. I thought she got signed way too soon anyway. But, um, yeah, Sean Woodson got a nice win. And uh, my girl, Felicia Spencer, keeping, you know, the Invicta name alive. She's in a very unfortunate position because um, she's, like, so – 145 is, like, a bad division, right? It's barely a division. I guess you'd actually say that, too. But she's, like, so head and shoulders above the rest of the division outside of, like, Nunez and Cyborg. You know what I mean? Like, she is – Leah Letson, she beat the dog shit out of her. Her other fight with, like, Norma Dumont was a split decision. And we know how good Norma Dumont is. She just boxed up Aspen Ladd for five rounds. And then her other time she faced somebody that was not, like, a top fighter was, like, Zara Farron. And she beat the shit out of her. She beat the shit out of Megan Anderson. You know what I mean? Like, she's she's in such an unfortunate position, dude. Uh, but yeah, that Leah Letson fight. Uh, did you watch that one? That was such a that was brutal, I got, dude. I got I got some clips. I didn't get to see it. Yeah, she was on her way to like a thirty twenty four win. Like every oh, single shit. round was like a ten eight. Yeah, she was she was gonna thirty twenty. I had every single round a ten eight, and then she got the knockout win with like what, like thirty or forty seconds left. Like it was it was really hard to watch. By the way, just because they had this fight, does this make you believe they're gonna keep one forty five around, or they're trying to change Kayla? Yeah, somebody oh. asked it. Somebody actually straight up asked it. Um, I don't remember who it was, but I mean, Kate Dana's never going to give Dana. a clear answer. Though. Yeah, Dana, pretty, but Dana has had the consistent opinion of if Amanda wants it, we'll keep it. If she doesn't want it, we will not keep it. There's more behind to that. I think I think Kayla's going to go to either Bellator or PFL. That's it. You think so? I mean, she was at Bellator watching, and and the way Dana goes about business, I'm sure Kayla probably is not a big fan of that. Just, just, just assuming, kind of how she's a real, how to put, she's a real person. You know what I mean, Josh? Mm-hmm. Like from what I've seen, she seems like a like. If you talk, what you see is what you get. You know what I mean? She's never gonna hide anything from you. She'll be straight up with you. I'm not saying the UFC is gonna be like that to her or anything like that. But I feel like, I feel like if she stays in PFL, she'll always get to do kind of what she wants and be how she is. Same if she goes to Bellator. I feel like with the UFC, certain things wouldn't run the way she would maybe want him, you know what I mean? And she also mm. won't make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Of course, but, yeah, I just, I don't see a chance she goes to the UFC, because the point, she'd be doing it for legacy, but at a certain point, legacy does not put food on your table, you know what I mean? And I just, she'd be earning so much less. I and mean, Dana's made, straight up. made so much money, though, I mean. She has, I mean, but Dana's also just straight up, she's been, he's been disrespecting her before they even started negotiations. Like, like, that's just not going to go well. Um, so I don't see that happening. But that's just my opinion. But ultimately, moving on to this weekend's car. There is a USC car this weekend. USC Vegas 43. Uh, interesting, interesting little fight in that card here. I think I, I, I like this main card a lot, especially the main and the co-main. I mean, these, a lot of these fight night cards have had pretty – we'll have an okay main, and then the co-main will just be complete garbage, or they'll both be garbage. This one, about as good as it gets, for my money. Uh, the main event – a women's bantamweight showdown between Caitlin Vieira and Misha Tate. Misha Cupcake Tate obviously came off of a five-year hiatus earlier this year to knock out Marion Renault in the latter's retirement fight. Prior to that, obviously she was a champion. Um, obviously beat Holly Holm. Was one of the 
really the pioneer of the UC's bantamweight division up there. Obviously, her and Ronda Rousey kind of led that charge for quite a while there. Um, and as she come back, this is, I feel like this is her first real fight against like the next generation. Um, obviously, Caitlin Vieira is 30, but she, I believe she came to the UC after Cupcake already retired. So she's obviously ranked at number seven. Winner this will be in the title, you know, title conversation. So, uh, dude, what do you think about this women's bantamweight showdown in the main event? I mean, good, good matchmaking. I, I still think it's good matchmaking. I, I still think the buildup is great. Um, I'm happy they just haven't, like, pushed the fuck out of her. Like, I'm surprised Dana and gang wasn't like, you know something? Let's just jump up and give you, you know, whoever. I mean, this is a pretty good jump. You know what I mean? I mean, it's still not a easy fight by any means. But I feel like she'll get it done again, man. I, I like, she looks in good shape. She's doing all the right things. She's still Misha Tate, has a fuck ton of experience over this girl. And I mean, dude, wrestling is solid. I'm sure that she'll give her trouble with that. Like, I, she, I think she's got this locked in, man. I think it would be another Misha Tate win. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, dude. I think this is a very even matchup. Um, I think they're both relatively even on the feet. I think this is actually going to be a striking match. Uh, because Caitlin Vieira, I think she's a good wrestler, but she's not really much of a submission game. And Misha is obviously has a lot of submission game, but she's not really. I looked it up, by the way. Her takedown percentage. In the UFC, I believe it's something like 26%. And One in every four, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, guess, how, guess what Caitlin Vieira says, because I looked this up as well. Is it, fuck, I feel like you're, I'm, dude, I feel like you're going to hit me with some, 30. I feel like it's going to be low, too, for some reason. Her takedown defense is 92%. Oh, never mind. Yeah, she's incredible at keeping the fight on the feet. So, Man, though, I, how many wrestlers has she faced for jiu-jitsu artists, too, you know what I mean? Uh, She fought Kat Zingano. Who's really, really good on the match. She fought Sarah McMahon. Um, Yana Kuniskaya is not bad. Same for Sajara Eubank. She's actually faced a surprising amount of wrestlers. I don't know, but Sajara at that point, what, this is during the Sajara resurgence, so she wasn't really wrestling though. Right? Fair enough. Fine. We'll, we'll go ahead and, we'll go ahead and just go back. I'll just, uh, Sarah McMahon and Kat Zingano are the best wrestlers she's faced. So, and she submitted Sarah McMahon. And Kat's good, obviously. Kat's very good, yeah. Yeah. So, I think she's going to keep the fight on the feet. It also comes down to who's going to have the edge in the striking. I think it's going to be very, very even. But I'm actually going to go Caitlin Vieira for the upset this weekend. I think that, uh, I think Styles make fights, man. I think it's a really bad matchup for them to give Misha. I think, like, honestly, I think if you look at that top, like, obviously, Caitlin Vieira is ranked number seven, right? I think if you look at women's bantamweight, I'd pick her. Like Misha, I mean, or the vast majority of them. I think Aspen Lab would be competitive. I'd pick her over Yana. I'd pick her over Irene. I think Juliana Pena, I'd pick her over her. Home, I very, very close. I'd probably pick Home. I think it also pick Misha to beat Jermaine Durandamy. I think Caitlin Vieira is probably just a terrible matchup for her. I think she's a really bad matchup. She's a strong Lester with a good top game, great takedown defense, and her striking's not great, but she's also the great chin. She's not going to get knocked out. Um, so I'm going to go and take, take Caitlin Vieira this weekend for the upset. Co-main event, though, for my money, it's the main event. It's the main event. Let's just be honest here. Michael, the Maverick, Kiesa, obviously ranked number six. Prior to fighting Vincente Luca, he was in the title conversation. If he got a win there, he probably would be fighting for the title. He ended up losing that one, just a quick submission, made one mistake in his words, and he got caught. That's what happens. That's the game of MMA. Prior to that, though, he was on a tremendous winning streak. Carlos Conte, Diego Sanchez, Rafael Los Anjos, and Neil Magny. Prior to that, he's a lightweight mainstay for years and years and years. Wins with Jim Miller, Benil Darius, Francis Ronaldo, Aquinta, and so on. Seeing on the young Sean Brady, who I think we've both been in agreement, one of the greatest prospects in MMA in general right now, especially one of the best at welterweight. Uh, I think the fact that he's fighting in the same division as Cosmat Chimaev has really kind of let a lot of people like kind of overlook him. But on the show, we have not. This kid is 14-0. Um, he's 4-0 in the UFC, he's beat a couple of veterans, Hort McGee, Christian Aguilera, and obviously he submitted Jake Matthews in a huge win earlier this year, and now he's finally getting another big shot against a number six ranked guy, he's a former Cage Free FC champion, he wins this one here, he's in that conversation, he needs, I mean, once you beat a guy ranked number six, you probably need one more after that, and then boom, you get a title shot, it's danger. Do you believe that your boy will pull out in the co-main event, Sean Brady? Or will it be the Maverick, Michael Chiesa? 
dude, I you know as as much as you know, I we were pumping Michael Chiesa to obviously get his push in the welterweight division, dude. I don't know if he'll be able to get it done against Sean Brady, dude. I know, look, he was looked so good in his fight before uh, Luke Kane. He even hurt Luke Kane. You remember he caught Luke Kane with a hit? Like, he, he actually, like, and he was like, oh, shit, gets it to the ground. It was looking pretty fucking good, you know? Obviously, he gets caught in a submission, ends up losing. Look, stylistically, though, I think Sean Brady's going to be a nightmare, man. He has pretty good wrestling, pretty good striking. I mean, he's just a really... Solid, well run. There's a reason that he's 14 and 0. You know, mm. he, you know, and he's getting his push now. Good. I think this is actually like for a guy at this many wins and at his level, and if they don't want to push him super hard, I think this is a good fucking match. I think this will push him. Mm. Of course, and you think it'll push him, and I know that you're gonna honestly go for your boy, and I don't blame you. Um, I think this has all the makings to be a really, really fun grappling matchup, but I'm actually I'm in agreement with you, dude. I think this is a really, really bad matchup for Michael Kia, especially to come back to him. I'm really actually kind of surprised he took this one, um, because whenever you're I – mean, he was really close to getting a title shot. He's ranked super highly, and he's taking on this young phenom. I think this is kind of just a testament to Michael Kia's character that he's taking this fight. Um, but I think, like you said, it's a bad matchup for him. Let's just be honest. It's a young kid. He's hungry. He had a really bad injury, which kept him out up until now. That's why he, you know, last fought in March and had such a long layoff. I'm going to take Sean Brady, man. I think he's going to continue his run. I think I said, um, you know, just a couple minutes ago, he's very close to getting a title shot. He wins this one here, boom, right there. And I'm going to go and take him. I think he's going to get this one. I think he's going to be right there for a title shot. It's looking down the card, though. What are a couple other fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, Ronnie Yaya, man, we remember when we previewed that card a little while back when they were the co-main. I mean, they're finally going to get their about together, get their score settled. Um, mm. who else here? And I mean, one of the best, I mean, I'd say this is one of the, one of the better prospects that has gotten his light, but doesn't get his light fully. Adrian Giannis, dude. It's Davy Grant. I mean, he really is like, his name's in the mix, but it's not like in the mix fully. You know what I mean? It's weird. You know, I don't know how to put it. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's there. It just needs, I think if he beats that name, eventually he'll finally get, like, that true recognition he deserves. Mm. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you there. I think that uh, that Davy Grant-Adrian Yanez fight, it's just, I mean, honestly, it's tremendous opening up that card. Adrian Yanez is a phenomenal prospect, dude. 27 years old, had a nice win over Randy Costa. Since coming off the Contender Series, he's been all knockouts as far as UFC career. He had a bit of a low, he had a bit of a slow ride to get in. Lost a couple times in the regional scene. Lost a couple times in LFA, and he just he's improved a lot. And like you said, David Grant, dude, very underrated guy, dude. Um, very very underrated. He went from a guy being on the cutting block, lost three of his first four, to going on a tremendous run. He ended up losing to Marlon Vera in a rematch. He beat Vera once, uh, back way back in 2016. So, yeah, dude, I mean, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal fight to open up the main card. John Calderberg versus Talia Santos. Winner there. I think if uh, Talia Santos gets a win, she might get a top shot. I think you could probably market that one pretty well. She'd be 19-1. She'd just beat Roxanne Modafferi. That'd be an interesting fight, her against Shevchenko. But I think Shevchenko's doing a smart move right now. She's kind of waiting to see what Nunes is going to do in her fight. Um, potentially send up a trilogy fight there, which would be boring. But, <laughs> to be honest... Uh, but yeah, obviously, also way down on the undercard. There's two fights I do want to highlight. Loma Lookinby, Lupita Gudinez. That's a banger, dude. That Some history a... being made there again, Josh. Huh? Some history being made there again. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's, what, three fights within 43 days? Yep, another fast turnaround. Absolutely insane. And she's only fighting tough people, too. Loma Lookinby, she's, she's something, dude. Obviously, coming out of Thailand, she has tremendous Muay Thai. She's a great striker, one of the best at that division. She's coming off two straight wins against Jinyu Fry and Sam Hughes, and she just brutalized Sam Hughes, if I remember correctly, too. So that's going to be a very, very fun fight, especially in the clinch. So be sure to watch that one. And the other one, got to give a shout-out to our boy Terrence McKinney. Uh, Terrence McKinney, obviously, coming back after his seven-second knockout win. It was more like, you know, three seconds over Matt Frivola. And he's gotten four straight wins all within the span of those four straight knockout wins. The longest one was a minute and 12 seconds, which is insane. Seven-second knockout, minute 12, 17 seconds, 16 seconds. That's how long his fights have gone for the last four. 
and he's that's been fight- like all this year, by the way, which is correct. crazier. Correct. And he's fighting the Frenchman Fares Ziam, who is, uh, you know, he's an interesting test for him. Very, very interesting test. Two and one in the UFC with his sole loss being to Don Madge, who Don Madge, probably for my money, um, the most not mind numbing UFC cut, at least that I've seen, like within the last, I want to say since I've been watching MMA, probably since I've been watching MMA, like he, <laughs> He uh, he went two and zero in the UFC, and then they cut him, and he just picked up a nice win in PFL. So I don't. He's a phenomenal prospect, and I still can't believe they cut Don Madge. But yeah, that's his one loss was the Don Madge. Uh, he's twelve and three overall. He did come off a nice win over Luigi Vendramini, so we'll see what happens in that one. Uh, it's a bit of a weird card, though. I, I got to say, it's a very it's a very strange card. There's a couple of nice names, but undercard leaves a lot to be desired for the main card, dude. I think the main card is going to be an absolute banger, especially the main and the co-main. But Angel, my guy, it is not the only fighting going on this weekend. There's, honestly, I mean, there's a fair bit. Obviously, Demetrius Andrade is going to be fighting in boxing. But obviously, the big one, the biggest fight of the weekend, I think if you're talking combat sports in general, Terrence Bud Crawford, 37-0, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters on the planet, the current WBO welterweight champion, taking on Showtime Sean Porter. Obviously, Porter's coming off a nice win over Sebastian Formiella. I was about to say earlier this year. It was actually last year. feels crazy how fast time flies. I remember we talked about that one on the show. I think it was Regardless, a banger. Yeah. Yeah, correctly. Uh, correct. It was a banger. Although, he couldn't get him out of there. Sebastian Formiella. I think he lost every single round, but he just kept on moving forward. The guy had a fucking chin on him. Um, obviously, Sean Porter, one of the greatest in the division. He's kind of... He's the dog of the division. I listened to Teddy Atlas talk about it. He's like, he's the troll under the bridge of the welterweight <laughs> of, of bridge. If you want, if you think you're going to pass that welterweight bridge, you got to go. You got to, you got to watch out for Sean Porter, man. He's under the bridge. He's going to pull you under. That's who he is. And I was like, God damn, dude. Teddy Atlas got away with words, bro. He really does. Oh, um, okay. What a phenomenal that, analogy because that's who he is, dude. Win, lose, or draw. You're going to go through hell fighting him. Every single one of his losses, he has three of them in his career. And you can argue with how close every single one of those fights should be. He should be undefeated. You know what I mean? Uh, the Kell Brook fight, extremely close. He lost majority decision. That was back in 2014. Uh, obviously, he fought Keith Thurman in 2016. Lost that one as well. And then the 2019 fight against Errol Spence. Probably Banger. the fight of the year. Um, I want to say that one was fight of the year. I, I I want to say Manny Pacquiao and Thurman also fought in 2019. So it was very close between those two. Probably give the edge to Errol Spence and Sean Porter. Regardless, he was one scorecard away from giving Errol Spence the only loss of his career, which is just insane to think about, dude. Um, and he also, I mean, look, dude, he, he beat Jordanis Ugas. He beat Danny Garcia, Berto, Broner, Molinage, Devin Alexander. I mean, he's about as good as it gets. Um, in the welterweight division. Just Very smart guy. Great on commentary. And Terrence Bud Crawford, dude, this is, am I crazy to say, is this the biggest fight of his career? Like, if you look, I mean, we obviously know he's good, but if you look upon, if you look upon his career, is this the biggest one? I mean, it has to be. You know, I mean, there's, there's good names, right? Obviously, uh, you know, gotta give credit where credit's due. Kale Brooks is a good guy, but I mean, passes prime. Passes prime, you know, let's be real. Amir Khan, I mean, there, there was, same thing. <laughs> Same thing, weird fight too. Uh, you know, Benavides undefeated, but nothing. You know, no one, no one's hyping him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's a solid guy. He's had some good wins. I mean, there's there's some solid stuff in there. But you're right. This is like when it comes to this division and the state of this division in the last years. This is the name, but it's not the name we want him to fight either, though. Hmm. But this is close. It's, though. it's close. It's, it is very close. I mean, probably, he's been looking. Yeah, this is, this is the second best fight. This is the second best fight he could have right now. Can we say that pretty confidently? I feel pretty confident saying that. He obviously tried really hard to get that Manny fight. That did not come through for him. But this is this is very close. Like as far as like obviously we're talking about like Errol Spence. That that would have been the fight. But if you couldn't get that one, Sean Port is about as good as he gets. So. I, I mean, like, like you kind of laid it out pretty well there. I think if you look upon his his career, Terrence Crawford, you see, he's in the weird. 
actually wrote a piece about this earlier this week. He's in the weird position of we simultaneously know how very good he is. He reminds me a lot of, honestly, Deontay Wilder before the Tyson Fury fights. In, in like a weird, weird way. Much different fighters, but you see my point. Yep, we know I, how I good he is. He's pound for pound, I believe pound for pound number four, number five is what most places tend to have him as. Um, we know how good he is. We know how technical he is. We've never really seen him caught. The only time we saw him caught was against Mean Machine a couple years back. Um, very, like he could, he could box in every single way. You know what I mean? But he doesn't have that signature win. Um, he beat Julius Indigongo, who's like, I mean, I don't want to be a dick, but. God, Josh. Asshole. I was how can I, how can I put this nicely? He's probably the worst, like, fighter who is a, who had, who held a legitimate title within the last five years. And that's no disrespect, but, I mean, if you look at, you could just go look at his Wikipedia page, really. Like, he beat a whole bunch of nobodies up to that point, and then he's, ever since that fight, he's just been getting dominated. So, it is what it is. Um, but then, like, Jeff Horn, I like Jeff Horn a lot, but, like, that style does not work very well against, like, a top echelon. Like, I thought, the man, here's, I'll go to the grave saying that Manny Pacquiao fight with Jeff Horn was close. It was not some over-the-top robbery. I thought Pacquiao won, but that's besides the point. Um, but just, he's, I like him a lot, but did not, that was not going to go well for him. Amir Khan, good, but passes prime. Um, and then same thing for Cal Brook. This is by far the biggest fight of his career in terms of competition. He can finally get a signature win here. But do you think he does? I know that Sean Porter is currently a pretty big underdog. I want to say he's like a 5-1 to underdog, but how do you see this one playing out on Saturday? I mean, he should. If he's that guy, he should, man. And if he wins this and he beats him in very convincing fashion, or if he finishes him, that sets up that fucking next fight against Earl. If it is the, I don't want to say it's the next, but it sets him, it sets it up, right? Like there's, there's story there now. They have a common opponent, you know? It, there, there's something there that makes you desire it and want to watch it, you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Correct. Um, as far as moving forward, dude, I think that this fight, you kind of just said there, if he wins this one, he's got to fight Earl Spence next. Obviously, there was a little bit of weirdness because, you know, Pacquiao had the title and, you know, he was kind of that weird guy in the mix there, but now he's gone. And no disrespect to Jordan uh, Ugas, but I don't think too many people want to see Ugas against either one of these guys. I think it'd be a fun fight. I like him a lot, but I don't, it's not very competitive. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as how this fight plays out on Saturday, I'm, assu- I'm, not, I'm not sure if you gave the whole spiel, but you kind of cut out there. That's why I went and took over because, like, your mic completely cut out. Oh, uh, heartbreaking. Why? Yeah, I'm so a- how, how do you – you cut out right if you mentioned the fact that they had a common opponent. So I'll go ahead and ask you again. Who do you see coming out on top on Saturday? I mean, have common opponents, man. Like I said, I, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident with Crawford, man, but it's, gonna, it, it's all going to be dependent on how the fight ends. I'm really curious to see how the fight ends. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if I were to put a gun to your head, how do you see the fight ending? No, I mean, I'm assuming a decision. If these guys, I mean, we're talking about two high-level guys that are hard to finish. I mean, it, sh- it, it really should be a decision. But if Crawford comes out here and finishes Porter, I mean, that is a fucking statement and a half for that whole division. That is. Obviously, Trump would have never been finished. That's what I'm career. saying. Yeah, That's what I'm saying, my guy. Exactly. So, yeah, dude, I'm going to go ahead and go same page. And I'm actually going to put bull prediction out there. I think he does finish Sean Porter. Oh shit! I'm gonna go ahead and oh, go oh, attempt drop the mic via. I, whenever I did my preview piece earlier this week, I actually did say bag. via decision. I'm gonna go knockout. The more of a thing about this fight, dude. Call the round. Fuck it. I know it's gonna be very very late. I'm talking like ten round or eleven. 12. We'll go uh, round eleven, right? Round eleven. All right, I'm cool with that. I'm a big fan of Bud Crawford, I, I, and I've always thought like I like Earl Spence a lot. I think he I think he's a bad matchup for all these guys in the division. Sean Porter though, if I were to pick a guy out of the top, like who are the top guys in the world? He's probably like that third guy. Let's be real, he's probably like that third guy. Probably, but I think like of the worst matchups you can give him, there's nobody worse than than not Earl Spence. Excuse me, Terrence Crawford. Earl Spence is willing to get pulled into the war. Terrence Crawford is not, dude. I think if you look at his style, like kind of always plotting for, trying to make it a rough, tough fight, I don't think it's going to work against Terrence Crawford. You can pick up a part of the difference. Exactly. Switch hit. Great counter puncher. I think anytime he comes in, he tries to throw something, 
he's going to get caught with a huge shot. Just because no offense to Sean Porter, I'm a huge fan of the guy, but I think his defense leaves a lot to be desired. And I think if you're coming in against a guy with Terrence Crawford, he's a fucking sniper. It's not going to go well, dude. It's really not going to go well. Terrence Crawford can get pulled into the war sometimes. We saw it in the early rounds against Mean Machine where it kind of just was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to swing a dang. But then he got caught once, he's like, oh, yeah, that's right, I got a game plan. I got a Tyler retain. And he just switched, obviously, different opponents. But I don't think he's going to get pulled into the war. I think he knows how good Sean Porter is. I think he's not going to take him lightly. And when I'm saying this, and I'm not saying this is like a down to Sean Porter. I think Sean Porter is, I gave him so much praise earlier, dude. Like, he's a couple of scorecards away from being undefeated. Um, and I'd probably pick him in a rematch against Errol Spence, mostly because of Errol's question marks right now. But um, I just think it's a really bad matchup for him, dude. I think that we're going to see him get the huge win. And for the love of God, please, please let us see the Errol Spence fight next. That's all i got to say. They're <laughs> limiting us, dude. They, re- they really are. At the very least, if you're not going to fight Errol Spence next, fight Ugas or something. Like, I don't – like, if you're going to fight, you cannot go back to the Kel Brooks of the world. There's no some fun names. But they, he's got to fight the big guys now. And obviously, there's not too many dudes in this division outside of him, Spence, and obviously Porter. But you've you got to fight somebody big after this. You cannot I mean, go there's, back. There's, to there's some good young guys. I mean, I wouldn't fully say that. But, I mean, they're, 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 those two guys are the fucking titans of this division. Yeah, but I'm talking more like the, the elite of the elite in the division. But, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting, though. It's going to be interesting. And I don't actually have this in the rundown. For the topic list, but it is one last thing I do want to talk about because <sighs> it's just such big news and so mind-boggling that I, I do want to get our opinion on it just before like the fight actually happens because we're we're. Do I know what it way. is? Huh? Do I know what you're talking about right now, or do I not? I'm so confused. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Canelo Alvarez. Oh, okay. Is okay, only a few weeks removed from his whenever Caleb plan. Two weeks removed. And he's already looking to get back in there. And he's not only, he's not, you know, there's a lot of talk. Will he fight, you know, Charlo? Will he fight Triple G in a trilogy fight? Will he fight, you know, Benavidez, Bivol, all these other dudes across multiple different weight classes? No, man. He's going to go up 30 t- 32 pounds south of where he last fought to fight the WBC cruiserweight champion. Yes, it said cruiserweight. Canelo fucking Alvarez, who used to fight at Walterweight, is moving all the way up to fight the WBC cruiserweight champion, Alunga Makabu. Makabu, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Who is 28-2, and two, has 25 knockouts and 28 fights. I mean, we're not going to give a preview right now, because I think we're so far away. The fight is expected to play, take place in May 2022. I mean, what are your, what are your early early thoughts on this move dude fuck it right do what you want to do i mean like i told you josh it's he's in a weird spot where it's not it's not if uh you know what was the word i i i perfectly worded it it was it was like you know it's not like uh it's not who he's looking for and it's not people who and there's no one truly deserving of fighting him it's he's in he's in this weird spot where and I'm going to quote Connor, you know, he's doing whatever the fuck he wants, whenever he wants, how he wants. You know what I mean? Because mm. he's really in that position. He's living with a whatever the fuck he wants life. It's fucking beautiful, dude. Because he can't do it. And you can't tell me different because there's no one else in this division or anybody who wants to fight him who's doing things he's doing. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's people who are like, well, dude, he's fucking cherry peaking. He's doing but I'm like, dude, name another guy. In any division who's doing anything close to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what you say, regardless of what you say to the opponent, you gotta put some respect on what's going on. Cause there's no guy who's spot up the weight classes he's at right now who's doing near or fighting as regularly as he's has in the last year. You know what I mean? I mean, ever since he got freed from that contract and whatever he's doing it, dude, Canelo's fought multiple times in a calendar year. I think, what is he on now? Like four fights in one calendar year? Correct. I mean, dude, what other big name is doing that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You cannot shit on this guy for wanting to be successful. Mm. Yeah, of course, dude. And and look, here's the thing. I think that there's look. You can you can do two things. Here's my thing. You can do two things. You can both acknowledge that a this is. I mean. Kabu, I, I've, I've seen a couple fight a couple times, most notably against Tony Ballou when he got smashed. But um, shout out, 
But he didn't really, okay, let me take that back. He didn't really get smashed. He actually knocked down Sonny Ballou in round one. I believe it was the fight, it was the last fight before Ballou fought, uh, Usyk. Um, he got knocked down, he actually knocked down Tony Ballou, and then he got absolutely starched in the third round. But it was a fun little fight for what happened. That's what he's mostly known for. But he's, he's really young, nice. too. He's really young. He's still really young. Isn't he yeah, really young? Like 25, 26? That could be wrong. Nah, he's, he's 33. Okay, no, I must have looked at someone else there. Yes, but you can both acknowledge that, hey, this is kind of, Canelo cherry-picked the worst of the champions, which is what a lot of people are saying. I'm like, yeah, that's correct. But also... But who, but who has it when they've jumped up so many weights, though? Exactly. But also... He's, this is not Roy Jones fighting like John Ruiz. As much credit as I give to Roy Jones, who in my opinion is the GOAT, that was like a guy who was like of a similar stature, who was always skinnier and then decided to put on muscle. So whenever he went to heavyweight, he was a lot lighter in terms of weight, but like height-wise, reach-wise, he wasn't that out of the, the element. Canelo Alvarez is not big for super middleweight. Like he's, he was dwarfed by Kovalev at 175. He's going up to 200 pounds. It's like, a scary thought. This is not, like I said, this is not different. Like, this, there's so many other cases where, like, you could make where, like, oh, you know, uh, Floyd's, like, a five-weight world champion. But, like, oh, it's, you know, he fought a bunch of different weight guys that are all very, very close in terms of weight. And it's, like, he fought guys around his size. Canelo Alvarez is legitimately going to be undersized by, like, Makabu. He's, like, he's on the shorter end of cruise race, but he's still a pretty big guy. You know, so, he's still going to have... He's still, like, a legitimate 200-plus with, you know, whatever, six-foot-something of fire, right? Yeah, exactly. He's six, I believe he's six feet tall, and he's going to be probably weighing... I mean, Canelo, will he even... I know he's not going to have to cut weight. Will he even reach 200 pounds? Probably not, right? No, maybe... No. I mean, he might put on some weight, but not, like... Probably be around, like, 195. He's going to be at least if, three... To, he's going to be four or five that. inches smaller, and then 25 pounds probably smaller. So I don't care if he cherry picked. I don't want him to fight some of those bigger dudes. Like this, this is the only fight that will actually be competitive. Like so, it's actually, kind of crazy he's doing this. Like regardless of what you say, what other like even in a street fight, dude, a five nine guy who weighs one whatever versus a guy who's six foot something. And by the way, keep in mind they both know how to fight. You know what I mean? Is still really insane. We're talking about the highest level of competition. You know, these guys are both world champs. You know what I mean? Mm. There's a big fucking risk. 100%, dude. And he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to take it either, which is even the crazier thing. Yeah, he's choosing to do it. it and, is, people are, and people are clowning him about not fighting Andrade or Charlo, but I'm like, dude, really think about it, though. Does anybody, do any of those guys really deserve to fight him? No, they're just around, and I don't think any of those fights are very competitive. Is that, and dude, and it's like, if anything, if those guys are so fucking good, why don't they fight each other? That fight each other definitive guy. and take each other out and be like, yo, I beat this guy. I beat that guy. I want to be world champ. And look, I got to I got to give respect to who was it? Andrade, who was at one of the press conferences, you know, chasing him down. Like, that's just dope. Down. I want to see that fight. I want to see that fight. Mostly I, I think like, that one's interesting, but I feel like look at look at his wins, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. think Andrade has all the physical ability, but I haven't seen him find anybody yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude. You got to be chasing those names. Call out people, you know, like call out other guys. Like it really is. You know, it, it, it's like the payday meme is getting bad now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, dude, I mean, just, I don't care. I don't care what people are saying. Like, sure, is it a cherry pick champion? Sure. But also. No he, one else like, is doing it. it that's, that's really what it is, though, Josh. Dude, Elonga Makabu, he has power for 200 pounds. He has 25 knockouts. He's in Fox from Scrubs. He beat Glenn. He, you know, recognize old. He's beaten some old names. Got to throw an old one out there. Glenn Johnson, who beat Antonio Tarver and Andrew Jones, knocked him out. You know, I'll, nice I'll put it like this, Josh. I love to see another guy in that weight class just go up to 200. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just that simple. And just want to see him try it. That's all I would want to see. Just, 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 just so everybody can see the argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's the thing. I, lost, I see a lot of people are, like they're trying to add caveats and blah blah blah. Oh, he's cherry picked. Oh, and there's also a lot of misinformation going around. I believe that um, people are saying like, oh, the fight's going to be at 190 because the WBC introduced the Bridgerweight title, which is stupid, but it's a thing. I don't believe that it has actually been reduced down to 190 yet anyways. If it is, then it's a different conversation. It's still at 200 pounds right now, the WBC's cruiserweight division. So it's like people are trying to – they're throwing out they're, – they're so angry about it. They're like throwing out random bullshit because they want to be angry at Canelo. Like that's not a real thing. Not yet anyway. The WBC has not moved it down to 190, not yet. Um, they may in the future because they're trying to introduce that bridgeweight division, but that's not official. Yeah, dude, it's – uh. 
It's an it's it's absolutely insane to me. It, it's mind boggling move. I know that he's already a a pretty big um, favorite, but we'll have to see what happens. Let's we'll see what happens, dude. Um, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Obviously, May 2022 is the target date. I might, might have to beat up for that one, Josh, just because of the craziness behind it. 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, dude, as far as the rest of the show goes, is there anything else we talk about before we close out? Nothing I can think off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, I'm happy you brought that up because that, uh, that was a really good topic of conversation right there, my guy. Mm. Of course, of course. And, you know, I, I try to keep it fresh. Try to keep it fresh. Um... <laughs> But yeah, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at AngelaTega underscore 01. At Courtside Sound 1 for all things relating to the show. Feel free to go ahead and subscribe on Spotify, on YouTube. Give it a rate on Apple. We appreciate it. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.